0: This is the Court Today Replay on C103. And Peter Dowdell, our resident, uh, I was going to say vet, sorry about that Peter, <laughs> our resident gardener joins us in good the studio. Thanks uh, uh, g- Good afternoon to you. It's got a miserable day to be out gardening, isn't it?
1: It is miserable and it, it, just before I go into gardening, I, it feels wrong if I didn't mention the passing of poor Gable yeah. and uh, it's such a such a part of all of our lives of, of the last couple of generations, and I, I haven't really watched or heard much said about him. But if I can throw in my tuppence worth, it was. Please do. Um, I think what made him great was there was many things, but he had the ability to listen as a as a presenter, and you know he'd he'd go into an interview, and I'm sure he'd be well researched, and he'd have his list of five or six questions. But if question one or question two went off in a tangent, and was going the right way. He had he had a great ability to to know that people would be interested in that. He'd throw away the rest of the questions, mm-hmm. and he was listening. Uh, And that made him, I think, that made him excellent. He had a finger on the pulse. And you know who else has that skill, Trish, is you. You (laughs) No, seriously, you you listen, because I I listen to you on the radio, and you listen to who you're interviewing. And that means the conversation is more natural. You're not getting through your, well... You are in this situation getting through your list of questions. But when I hear you interviewing people, you have that ability as well. Thank you. So congratulations. Thank
0: you. That's, that's really kind. Kind of. Good. And had you, had you ever been interviewed by burn?
1: I was, uh, yeah, many years, uh, many years ago on the radio. And, yeah, it was, it was to do with, uh, in my 20s, I had, I had cancer. I'm sure we've had this yeah. conversation before. And one of, the, one of the things to a young man in their 20s, uh, one of the side effects, of course, of chemotherapy, and I had it twice and I had quite serious treatment, uh, is infertility. Mm. So I was advised by my doctor at the time to bank my sperm. But of course, at the time in Ireland, you couldn't do that. So I set up a campaign. I didn't set up a campaign. I I got better first. And then I contacted the relevant government people and politicians to see if we could change this. Um, Of course, got nowhere. To make a long story short, got nowhere. Eventually, Pat Cox, to his eternal credit, was an MEP at the time. I contacted him. He told me that there was a thing you could do. And anyway, cutting a long story short, the case went in front of the European Parliament, and the European Parliament got onto Dublin, and cha- we ended up getting the laws changed. And so they you have now bankers spurring yeah. in in Ireland, yeah. And what you were
0: expected to bank it in another country?
1: I had to, yeah. Had to in, and additional
0: costs and
1: oh, your own. Now, thankfully, yeah. I was only twenty at the time, twenty one. But thanks, so thankfully, it was my parents. That the, the, the 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 illness gave me the time, and my parents gave, you know could afford the 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 travel to London and staying in London for a while. Uh, and the, the the hospital treatment in London. But all this, I mean, it was fine, and I'm not moaning about it now. It's
0: bad enough you're going through cancer without that. That was just was what I was going to say.
1: 21 you? year old fellow, like, you know, no, thankfully I have two lovely children since, which, yeah. which happ- happened by surprise, yeah. shall we say? Great. <laughs> great. Best surprise you could ever have. But anyway, yeah, so life is perfect now. And health wise, you're perfect. Oh, perfect, great. Yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah, but anyway, Gaywood, that's why I spoke to Gay about it. He was very, very, very good interviewer.
0: Do yeah. you put some of that down to sprays that you would have used? Or would you, you be using I, it at the
1: time? I, I'm not, I suppose, Trish, the answer to that is I'm not qualified to say, but what I will say, it won't stop me from having an opinion, the, the huge increases in cancer that we see, particularly in the, these part, this part of the world, in the Western world, I think an awful lot of it has to be, I'm not qualified medically or scientifically to say this, but I think it has to be, common sense has to say that it must be environmental. It must be the food we're eating, the air we're mm. breathing. I did use Roundup. I did use glyphosate when I, when, ever since I was a child. Really, ever since I was a child, because I've been gardening since I and was three a, or four.
0: Anyone who has ever been in the garden did. I did yeah, honest.
1: and the, the the type of cancer I got is the type of cancer that let's is linked. connected to glyphosate. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, but that's why keep yeah.
0: well. Keep that's why you you're always whenever somebody rings up about something, careful hey, of it. Keep yeah. well away from it. Okay, let's get straight into questions. Margaret and Donna Moore, hi Patricia, good jazz, Peter. Uh, would an azalea shrub survive moving? And when would be the best time to move it? It's lost where it is. I want to move it where it can be seen better. Okay. nice.
1: enjoy it. You have two different well you have lots of different types of azalea but you you break them down into two groups so you have the evergreen azaleas or the deciduous azaleas now she's probably talking about the evergreen which are the lower growings they'll grow anything from a foot to kind of three or four foot they're evergreen obviously uh, and spring flowering Um, and the deciduous then will get up to six or seven feet with a spread of about three or four fabulous autumn colour and obviously then drop their leaves during the winter. Either can be moved. Um, It there is an inherent risk in moving anything that's quite established that it won't survive it. But the right thing, the right time to do it, if it's an evergreen one, I would say is January, when the when the winter is at its coldest during the month of January. Now azaleas are a bit like camellias in that they have their flower buds on now for opening next spring. When you lift them and move them, ninety nine percent certain they'll fall off. So you will be sacrificing lose the flowers, that, yeah. but it should survive. The deciduous ones, because they have no leaves during that period, will will. Um, there's a better chance of success, put it that way. Now, if your azalea is only two or three or four or five years old, it should be fine. But if it's five or ten or more... There is a big risk, yeah. Okay.
0: Nora says, Hi Peter, question for you, please. I've got four apple trees. They produce apples every year, but when the apples are almost fully grown, they start rotting and split with brown markings on each of the apples. Have they got some kind of a disease? Should I cut them down and start again?
1: They have. You? It sounds like they may have apple scab or something similar. It's some kind of fungal infection. It, uh, without seeing a, a picture of them or seeing the fruit, it, it's difficult to say for certain there's brown markings and they start to split you see that it probably is a, apple scab or something like that but it is possible that it, it uh, something like a wasp or something makes a hole and an infection gets in through that and it starts to split that's also a possibility you know if that's the case there's really very little you can do when wasps and that are around but if it's scab you could take preventative action which would be give it a, a good pruning let's say in november so this month which like the, the the kind of posh gardeners way of saying to deal with fungal infection is what we call cultural control which is basically just removing the infected growth so give it a good prune in november and when you're pruning it just try and make sure that you're you're maintaining a good open center tree that allows good air circulation because fungal infections like scab will thrive where there's poor air circulation and exactly yeah. where we're lots and lots of crossing branches and leaves so try and keep a good open center uh, remove any infected growth any signs of infection and then i would treat it with uh, a solution of copper sulfate mixed with water uh, you could do it I would say at time of bud burst which is March, April and you should be safe enough then I would hope
0: Okay good luck with that Hi says a texter I planted sweet pea seeds rather late this year in egg cartons I now have seedlings that are about 6 inches high what can I do to keep them alive until next summer?
1: <laughs> well rather late or rather early depending on which yeah, way you look yeah, at that's it true. <laughs> So I would actually recommend people to sow their sweet peas and, and uh, hardy annuals like that now because you get Stronger plants earlier next year, so they'll f- they'll be stronger and they'll flower earlier next year. Um, you have them now if they're in an egg carton and they're a few inches high now. They probably need actually to go into something slightly bigger, into slightly bigger pots now. Um, I left mine outside all winter last year. That's because, Cat. as you know, I'm I'm a lazy <laughs> a bit gardener. Bit lazy, yeah. yeah. They don't always come in, uh, but I was lucky because we didn't have serious frost or snow to damage them last year. Um, but. Uh, the correct advice would be to keep, them in, keep those seedlings indoors from now until kind of hardening off time next year, which would be April or May. But okay. again, if, that's not, if you have a glasshouse or a tunnel, that's fine. If you don't, leave them outside, but just keep an eye on them during frosty weather, throw something over
0: them. Okay, we've been lucky so far that we haven't had oh, a cold spell, yeah. but it's early yet. Uh, Catherine says, question for Peter. A new lawn planted in June. It's now turning yellow and is rather poor looking. Is it possible to use a feed of some variety to improve it?
1: ye would be i'm a great believer when it comes to lawns I'm a great believer in letting nature do its thing but the yellowing the yellowing could be caused by a couple of things it could be caused by nutrient deficiency but it could also be caused by um either poor drainage or actually drought just after the time of sowing the seed so um June time. It, we didn't really have much drought problems this year but it is possible no. so anyway nature now with all the rain is certainly helping it but I would put on it's six, it's June so it's nearly six months yeah put on the lawn gold winter protect it's a winter feed so it's specially formulated with potassium and, and phosphorus for uh, root development at this time of the year you don't want high nitrogen feed for your lawn at this time of the year You want because you don't want the growth over the ground you need strong root growth under the ground and that will also help prevent moss colonising it so lawn gold winter protect is what I would put on it. Because
0: it's, it's a young enough... Um, it
1: is, only five or six months. Yeah, yeah.
0: so it's it's like, I, I give it a chance uh, as well. Hi, Peter, I cut back a hosta that had gone brown. Did I do the right thing? Should Absolutely. I have left it alone?
1: Absolutely. No, you, did do, you could imagine. do either. It's, it's herbaceous, which just is a, a, a posh term for saying something that dies back for the winter. So the hosta, the foliage just dies off for the and winter.
0: And it can go slimy it's and It's quite hard. untidy looking. Yeah. yeah. So you've done the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I've loads of cutting back to do, but I've got so much gorgeous... Autumn colour
1: Stunning this year I'm isn't just it? leaving
0: it <laughs> I, I get out there eventually But stunning. for now I'm just enjoying it Do you it. know where I
1: was Very briefly earlier today I was up in Cantorque Every time I drive into Cantorque I'm blown away It's such a nice town But I came up through Bantir And the autumn colour On yeah. the yeah. road. It's just yes, gorgeous It's
0: stunning It is particularly good This year for whatever reason uh, Philip says Hi uh, Please advice And proper care Of an amaryllis Initial care Second year and beyond uh, The kits include A plastic pot With no drainage holes
1: Okay, initial advice and following on advice—you are getting your money's worth here now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <Philip. laughs> so the amaryllis, which are popping up in garden centres all over the country now, because they—they they, yeah, you should they're hopefully get them a now. flower for Christmas. Yeah. They're magnificent, really magnificent blooms, and they're the easiest things in the world to grow. You you you'll get get when he says a pot with no drainage holes. Now there's different ways of doing it, so I would suggest get a pot with a drainage hole. And perhaps use uh, the pot that you were given as a pot cover, if you like, to stand that pot into. Because I do like to, I don't like to have them with no drainage. So put them in a normal, regular pot. Just about half an inch wider than the diameter of the bulb. You don't want the pot to be too big because it'll rot. So just about half an inch wider than the bulb. You plant the bulb just to the soil surface. So about half the bulb is under the soil and about, not quite half, a third, let's say, over the soil. Um And that's really all you do, Trish. Keep it watered now. Keep the soil quite moist without being overly damp. That's why I want drainage holes in it. So keep it moist without being overly damp. Uh, it probably will need some support as it grows. They grow they grow like trifids. They grow in front of your eyes over the next few weeks yeah. once they're given light. Uh, so the only thing to bear in mind is that it doesn't topple over, that physics doesn't take over. So you might want to turn the pot kind of every day or every other day so that it's not all sloping in one direction if it's near a window or something like that. Uh, when the flowers die off, then afterwards, let it die back naturally as you would your daffodil, your tulip, anything like that. As the foliage is dying off uh, and the flower stem is dying back, all that all the nutrients are going back in as a food reserve into the bulb because the bulb is just a, a modified swollen stem and, and leaves so so put on a high potassium feed like an organic tomato food or something at that point so that that bulb has enough food reserves to come back into growth this time next year and it will it will yeah and it's great for children I think it's, it's, and they're it's, just such a gorgeous flower. yeah they are yeah. they really
0: are magnificent uh, I have a rhododendron bush growing in my garden says a listener it's gone very wide and bushy when is the best time to cut it back
1: well if you cut it back now you will like I was talking about earlier with the azalea that the flower buds are on it already for opening next spring so if you cut it back now you will sacrifice next year's flowers so I wouldn't recommend doing that Um Th- wh- depending on which variety it is will determine what time of the year it flowers but it'll be sometime let's say from kind of January, February to June it'll be during that period it flowers so best rule of thumb to give is as soon as the last flower has fallen off or has gone brown then prune it back and you can prune it back as hard as you want just remembering one thing uh, make sure you leave greenery below where you cut Okay. And then, but that's the time to do it
0: Billy in for Moy, is it okay to move an apple tree from a location where it's been for the last three years?
1: Yes is a yeah. short answer. Three years isn't that long. Uh, it is. It should be safe enough to move it, get as big a root ball as possible. And the time to do it is any time once the temperatures drop. Now you would say from November on, but it's still quite mild, so I'd yeah. leave it a while. Still in full leaf a lot of them. So I would say from the end of this month, any time from the end of November to the end of February. Uh,
0: Peter, what's the best for moss on tarmac?
1: This is a, God, this is a, pardon the pun, but a perennial question, isn't it, Trish, every year? Um, And there's so many answers. Like There's there's products like Jay's Fluid, which will work on moss. Then there's your salt, which you use for de-icing, will also be very effective on moss. Don't let it near the grass. You don't let it near the grass, exactly, or or any flower beds. And it also, if it's repeated use, can be quite corrosive on the tarmac. Um, Moscow Probiotic, which is a very safe one to use, uh, is good when you get it clean. In other words, when it is clean, and to keep it clean, use the Moscow probiotic. Um, there is there are several in the garden centers that are very good for moss that are safe to use. There's one off the top of my head. Is it called Algon? I think it's called Algon. Uh, that is a uh, uh, and moss. Buster, I think, is the other one that are two uh, environmentally sound ones to use. But they are good because I have used them. I just can't remember the name. Yeah. So it's definitely Eragon and I think it's Mossbuster.
0: But it's this time. It's, it is just this time of the year. And yes. Tess says, hi, can I move a holly tree? It's a small growing. It's near a wall. I'd say it grew from a seed. Could I grow it in a pot?
1: I suppose the textbook answer is yes but the, the, the realistic answer is it's it's very hollies do not respond well to being moved it's as simple as that so she says it's small growing which grew from a seed so if it's only in there a few years it'll transplant hopefully quite well if you get a good decent sized root ball but if it's been there five or more years it's going to be you know, it's going to be difficult for they don't always survive, put it that way they're not the most successful to move but the time to do it is, again like I said with the apple tree, from as soon as the temperatures drop to zero or close to and the, and that plant becomes dormant for the winter that's the time to do it, so it's end of November to end of February I would say to do it.
0: Okay, and somebody else has asked about cutting the grass my grass, it uh, seems to be really growing like mad, is it still okay to cut grass?
1: still fine to cut it, you're not yeah. going to damage it on it's just, you've got to time it. <laughs> so you've got to, when nature allows you, you can't go out when it's too wet obviously like today. Uh, are you? If, it's, if we do get very cold temperatures and we get frost, you, you need to wait for that frost to thaw out. So yes, it's absolutely fine to keep cutting your grass. It is still mild so it is still growing. It'll be growing after today's rain definitely. Mm. Um, so you're still fine to cut it but just be careful that the ground isn't waterlogged the grass isn't too wet and it's not frozen.
0: Now as stay on grass uh, Lucy is planning for next year what month of the year is best to set a lawn? She's moving into a new house and she needs. She must. I, love, I love questions
1: like that. Yeah. But you can give an exact answer. March, March, and failing that, September.
0: Anything she can be doing now?
1: Preparing the ground, absolutely. Yeah. So turning that soil. If you turn the soil, rotate it, rake it, break it up. Uh, let the frost work on it to break it down. um and then come March, all you should have to do really is remove any any stones that have come to the surface. So break it up and rotate it now. Remove any of the larger stones and rocks. Remove any perennial weeds that you can see, any roots that you can see. Remove them all. Uh, and then come March, come the first week in March, just get out there again with your rake to break it up again. It should be quite easy at that stage. Remove any few weeds that have... Um, Colonise it in that period, and and create a fine tilt with the rake. Make sure there's no stones, and off you go.
0: And is now the right time to be planting daffodils, isn't it?
1: Yes, all spring bulbs now really. Daffodils, tulips, alliums, all those should be going in around now. And And Christmas hyacinths too. For anybody who wants hyacinths for Christmas, or paper whites, put them in now. And if I can, are they the
0: ones that go into the dark?
1: They start off in the dark for a few yeah. weeks until they come up and then they'll flower for Christmas and if I could very briefly give a a blatant plug for my own self I've set up a new online store com, and I do sell some... Um some spring bulbs and and I'm just now eventually because I found a paper packaging that totally replaces bubble wraps because I can't sell plants wrapped in plastic so I won't I haven't but now I have found a good protective paper packaging so I'm selling plants online as well theirishgardenerstore.com
0: theirishgardenerstore.com thanks for that have a great week and we'll talk to you again next week that is Peter Dowder that's where I leave you today thanks to John Paul and Maraid I'll talk to you tomorrow at 10
1: Martina O'Donoghue make C103 part of
0: your drive home with up to date traffic information and local news Your input in selecting our feel good song of the day, plus our feel good story, and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7.
1: C103. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary